Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. Uh, we all have weaknesses and we all have things that, that, that maybe, you know, bring us to a point of failure. And I would ask you to consider what breaks you down to the point of failure. And is this something that you can get away from? Samson is broken down through something that had he just obeyed God, you wouldn't even be here. You, you shouldn't even be struggling like this. If you would just obey God, you wouldn't be in this predicament. But he's in the predicament that he's in because he's outside of the will of God, outside the realm of what God wants, dealing with people that God told him to get away from, and he keeps getting broken down. When's the last time you felt genuinely happy about something in your life? How long did the feeling last? We find it difficult, if not impossible, to be content because society has misconstrued it as being happy. In today's message, Pastor Bill explains what true contentment is and how it's only through Jesus. He wants us to be content in every aspect of our lives. And the only way is to understand that it's not based on our circumstances, but by simply trusting in Him. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Judges chapter 16 as he continues his message, Samson and Delilah. We're not Nazarites, but y'all know that we're also supposed to be totally set apart for the Lord. Uh, when we were purchased with the blood of Christ, God's goal, God's intention was that we would belong to him completely and absolutely. That you have soul rights and soul privileges to me and to your life. That we would surrender to him, that we would let him be Lord, that his will would be done and accomplished in our life, that we would no longer do our thing, but we would do his things. Just like Samson, who there was this outward symbol that at one point in time, you know, he had made this commitment, but there was no there was no follow up in his life. Make sure that that's not you and you know, make sure that, you know, you're not the person who, you know, you go out witnessing and evangelizing. I meet so many people. That, oh, yeah, I, you know, I got baptized when I was this old. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm looking at you right now. The Lord don't own you right now. Like you're doing your own thing right now. And I know that, hey, you said a prayer. And yeah, you used to go to church. And yeah, grandma took you. And yeah, you got dunked in a baptism. What the, but, but what about your life? Because, you know, does God want me in a baptism or does God want me living for him? God wants me living for him. Now, I should get baptized. I'm not knocking that. But that's not the goal. God's like, God's goal is not, okay, you got baptized. All right. All right. We good now. Hey, you did what I wanted you to do. Go on and live a full life. But you got baptized. So we good. That's not the goal. Um, for Samson, is God pleased that the hair is long? No, you're not living right. And I, I can only, I, I wonder this, we'll never know. But what would God have done with Samson had he been totally sold out? Like, what could God have done? Like, what, it seemed like the life had so much potential. What if Samson was a total sellout, like, in a good way, the good kind of sellout? He had just sold out to live for the Lord completely. Like, what would God have done through the life? We'll never know. We only get to see what God did through Samson, who was not really settled, not really surrendered at all till the very end of his life. Up until this point in Samson's life, how many times have we heard him pray? Anybody remember? Just once. Just once. Because he, he killed, you know, a thousand Philistines with the jawbone of the donkey and was thirsty and thought he was going to die. And he said, God, I'm going to die. I'm thirsty. And God opened up the hollow and gave him something to drink. That's it. He served, judged Israel for 20 years. And we've heard one prayer. And that speaks a lot, right? Um, I, I challenge and encourage you guys that your prayer life, your private prayer life, says a lot about where your relationship with the Lord is. Um, not even public prayer. Uh, that's important. But your private prayer life. Do you 
encounter the Lord by yourself? Do you call out to the Lord? Do you cry out to him? Do you speak to him when no one else is around? That says a lot about where you are with the Lord, um, where your relationship stands. And so moving on, it says, um, verse, uh, verse 13 once more, he tells her about his locks. He said, if you, if you weave them into the loom. And so she did just that. She wove his hair into the loom in verse 14. Um, 14 says she wove it tightly with the batten of the loom and said to him, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. But he awoke from his sleep and pulled out the batten of the web of, from the loom. Then, then she said to him, how can you say I love you when your heart is not with me? You have mocked me these three times and have not told me where your great strength lies. And I want to note something in verse 13 and we're going to see in verse 14 and 15. One, he got closer to the truth. And next, Satan is employing a tactic in Samson's life that worked before. Because remember the other girl that got Samson to break and tell him she wanted to know about the, the, the riddle. Remember? And what did she do? She whined. She nagged. You know, you didn't you know, tell me the riddle. He's like, I didn't tell my parents the riddle. You know, and she's like, well, you don't tell me the riddle. I want to know the riddle. You know, whatever she did. And he finally just cracked. Okay, stop. You know, like this man couldn't take nagging. Couldn't take it. Okay, take it. There it go. This time, that's, that's. I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's funny, but it's not funny, right? Satan studies us. We know that. The Bible says that he, 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 he studies us. He looks at us. Over in the book of Job, you guys remember when Satan was talking to God in the unseen realm. And God said, where you been? He said, going to and fro throughout the whole earth, seeking who I may, you know, seeking, doing what I can do. And God said, have you considered my servant Job? That there's none like him in all the land, upright, fearless, blames God, I mean, fears God, shuns evil. And that word considered, it means studied for war. Have you checked him out? As you're going around looking at everybody, all your victims, have you checked out my boy Job? And you know what Satan came back with? See, as a matter of fact, I have. And there's a hedge about him and all that he has on every side. Can't get through and so the Lord had to permit him in. But he had checked him out. He said, but there was no gaps. Job's life was so tight that he was walking so tight with the Lord saying, I can't get in there. So I'm running around getting these loose, these people out here living loose, open doors all over the place. I'm getting, I'm, I'm out there getting Samson type people. People that's leaving gates open and doors open. But Job's life is pretty tight. I can't get in there. Unless you open a door for me, I can't get to him. That should speak to us. Because we do have divine protection. In the unseen realm, Satan does not just have free reign. He just can't walk up in my life and do something to me if I'm walking with the Lord. Now, if I walk outside the will of God, I walk from under my covering, I expose myself in a way that I'm not exposed when I'm walking with the Lord. Now, if I'm walking with God and God allows Satan to attack me, then I can know that behold, all things work together for the good. Those who love God are called according to his purpose. So even this bad, we don't have to sweat it. But if I step out from under the covering of God and go out here and live rebellious and disobedient and some trouble befalls me, I can't claim that promise. I can't claim, I can't say, well, all things will work together for the good. No, no, brother. No, you just sinned. And this is a result of sin. It's bad. And it's probably not going to turn good. So, you know, repent of it and get it right. But you can't claim that promise for rebellion. And I hope we know the difference because I'll be seeing believers you know, I know Christians that do really dumb stuff, you know, I'm just out there, I, you know, go get high and do something and get in trouble. And then like, OK, Lord, well, now, God, I'm looking for you to no, no, now you need to repent. This is not this don't fall under that umbrella. And so the enemy is employing in Samson's life. This works. 
And Satan knows what works in my life and what works in your life. Do you know where you're weak at? Do you know where this is where I blow it at? This is the area where I fail. And are you making yourself accountable? Samson had no accountability. He wasn't accountable to nobody. He wasn't accountable to the Lord. He wasn't accountable to his parents. Samson was a guy that said, I'm doing me. I'm doing what I want to do. Nobody tell me nothing. I'm Samson. And he's getting ready to pay for that. Don't you be like that. We make sure that the, the, the things God sets up in your life to protect you. When you're a kid, God sets you up with parents, usually, that will guide you and, and govern you and seek to direct you in a way that would protect you. And I'm saying usually because there are some rare cases where you got parents that are not in, in the right space. But in general, God will give you parents. Obey them. Honor them. It'll protect you. God will set up in our life spiritual leaders and people that are, are, that are concerned for your spiritual development and growth. that will sometimes tell you stuff you don't want to hear. Heed them. Be submissive to them. Don't fight against that because God has said, look, I'm setting up all these things to help you. But if you get good at resisting all the help, you can get yourself out there where you don't want to be and endure some stuff that you would have otherwise not had to endure. And so um, here again, you know, this girl is, is, is saying, you, you don't love me. How can you say you love me? And again, I mean, Samson over there putting drag on her. I love you. She's like, you, how can you say you love me and you won't, your heart is not with me and you mock me these, these three times and have not told me where your grace ain't lies. And again, I read this and don't you read this and think, what about you? How do you, you keep getting men on me. You keep, I keep waking up and there's men in the room and doing stuff to me, trying to hurt me, you know, like, never mind all that. That's, he's not even thinking about it. I don't understand, but I, that blows my mind when I read this. Um, you know, I, I just see that. So anyway, other note is we just this is what we learned about the enemy here is that the enemy is persistent. This is the third time she haven't quit yet. So tell me, oh, you made you made me look dumb one time. And every time she tells him, you know what the strength is, and then she tells the Philistines, and the Philistines come try it, and then guys get killed. I mean, now if I'm the Philistines and I'm like, you know, are you sure this time? The last group didn't do too good. The, the bowstring group didn't do well. The 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 next group with the, the rope didn't do good. And, and now we didn't we weave his hair in a loom and now they got whooped up too. And she's getting ready to come back with the last one. But I just want you to know that the enemy is persistent. And in James 4, 7, it said, if you resist the devil, he will flee, which is very true. But you must also know that he will be back. And in Luke 4, verse 13, after Satan was tempted by the devil, those three times, and he responded with the word of God every time. It said, then the devil left him, but he was coming back at a, till an opportune time that he would be back again. Uh, he'll leave for the day. OK, you win today. I'll be back. I'll be back. Satan is persistent. And so that's why we need to be consistent in our walk, in our life. Why you need to consistently take in the word of God? Because your, your enemy is persistent. He'll be back. You can't take a break from your walk with the Lord. You can take a vacation from work. You can take a vacation and a break from a lot of different things, but understand that you do not want, you don't take breaks from God. Um, you know, I tell people, we go on vacation, then I'm going to take a break. And, and, you know, what does that mean? Does that, you know, I'm not going to pray? You know, I'm not taking no Bible. I'm not taking nothing. I'm just going to take a break. Yeah. He might not make it back from vacation. So I just want to point out that you, you, y'all get a break, you know, get, take a break from everything and everybody else, but don't you take a break. From the Lord. Amen. I need him in every season. The enemy ain't quitting. I don't he don't take a day off. And so you start taking days off and weeks off and you'll see that you're leaving doors open and the enemy is getting in there. So 
she's coming again. Um, and this time we're going to see that he breaks. Look at verse um, 16. And it came to pass when she pestered him daily with her words and pressed him so that his soul was vexed to death. What that means is she pestered him. Everybody know what that means? I, I hope I was, she passed I mean that was daily she was just tell me you don't love me eh, whatever whatever it was she just daily daily just pestering pop 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 just going and pressed him and then it said he was vexed to death and this is what that means Samson got to the point where I just I'd rather die than hear this anymore I just and I, and I just want to throw this out there couldn't he have just left he could have left like if you vexed me to death after you're not married, you could have just left. You go back home. You didn't. Why did he, I mean? I read this and it, it blow. It just blows my mind. This is what sin will do, though. This is what sin will do. This man is here. He was free to go. He could have got up and said, "You know what, Delilah? I'm done. This is this is getting on my nerves. I keep waking up with men in the room. I'm done with you. I'm out of here. You pressing me, vexing me. You know, I don't want to die. I'm just gonna leave you. But he gets vexed to death, and he's not able to let her go. So he just says, "Fine. I'm just gonna tell her. And if I die, whatever." And again, I think in the back of his mind, Samson thought, it's going to actually tell us that. I'm going to be all right. Because every time they come against me, the spirit comes upon me and, and, and I do fine. And so look at what it says in verse 17. Um, after she vexed him to death, it says that he told her all his heart and said to her, no razor has ever come upon my head. For I have been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. And if I am shaven... Then my strength will leave me and I shall become weak and be like any other man. And this is the fourth time. And this is when he finally cracks. And it says that he told her all of his heart. Um, she broke him through the pestering and just the, just the constant coming at him. And something I wanted to have you guys consider is what breaks you down. Uh, we all have weaknesses and we all have things that 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 maybe you know, bring us to a point of failure. And I would ask you to consider what breaks you down to the point of failure. And is it something that you can get away from? Samson is broken down to something that had he just obeyed God, you wouldn't even be here. You, you shouldn't even be struggling like this. If you would just obey God, you wouldn't be in this predicament. But he's in the predicament that he's in because he's outside of the will of God, outside the realm of what God wants, dealing with people that God told him to get away from, and he keeps getting broken down. And so in both instances, we see him broken all the way down. It was because he was where he shouldn't be with women he shouldn't be with, put himself in a bad situation. And so you're finding that, you know what? I keep blowing it here. Well, are you with someone you shouldn't be with? Are you somewhere you shouldn't be? Are you outside the realm and the will of the Lord? And that's why you're getting broken down, because, if, if, if you know, like like we joked, but it was so true. Samson could have just left. And if you're somewhere you shouldn't be with someone you shouldn't be with going through stuff you shouldn't be going through, then get out, leave. Uh, there was no covenant. There was no vow. There was nothing here that held him other than his lust that kept him where he was. And so, um, again, he got broken down. And um, I, I would just challenge us to undo anything that if there's anything that we've invited into our life that's, that's having an adverse effect on our relationship with the Lord, you undo it. You take responsibility for it undoing that situation, you know, changing how you manage it. And there's some things you can't get away from. And so God's God will change you. There's some situations where as you walk with the Lord, I keep falling here and God, like, well, you can't get out of the situation. So I want you to, I want you to overcome in the midst of the situation. 
And I believe when we seek the Lord, God will give us everything we need. We're, the Bible says that we're more than conquerors through him who loves us. Everything we need to conquer, to overcome, to be victorious, it's ours in Christ. And there's some situations that we're not to be in, get out. And there are other situations where God says, I want you to overcome right in the midst of it. I don't want you to get out. I want you to win there. I want you to win the battle right there. And I, I would give you this, you know, one thing that, that used to, it used to plague me earlier on is um, I would allow, and I, at times in my life, I've allowed other people what they say to cause me to respond a certain kind of way. So typically I'm this kind of guy, I'm mellow, I'm nice, I get along with folk. But if somebody came at me like this, then I meet them with some of that. And then it's like, oh, I don't like, I don't, I shouldn't behave like that. That I don't even like who I became. And I remember somebody telling me, he told me, he said it was like, it's like, bro, you, it's like you got buttons. And if you keep buttons in your life that anybody can come push them buttons. Say so Satan got line, he got he got an unlimited line of folks that'll come push that button. If all that needs to happen in your life is somebody to talk to you like this, to get you to respond like that, he says, I'm guarantee you that Satan got somebody to come do it. So what you need to do is don't worry about the people that are pushing the button. You need to remove it. You need to not have a button that says you can talk to me like that and get this response. And that was for me the victory that I don't owe anybody a response. I owe you a response. I am not in a relationship with you. There, there are certain things that if somebody does, it's like I don't owe you a response for that. And I could just opt out of that, right? I'm, because you took the, la- the, took the, you took the language into that place. You took the conversation into that area. I'm, I got nothing else to say. It ends, ends right there. Um, this this happened this what was that Monday night. Me and my family went up to went up to Big Bear and hung out, spent the day. And we were coming back Monday night. We were in someone else's cabin, and we when we first got to this cabin, there was a lady in the cabin next to us that was outside yelling, and you know we didn't really pay no mind or whatever. And I noticed over the course of the time out there that. She was just out there. Somebody was sitting out there in a car with their legs out. And I wondered if they were even in the cabin or just there. Didn't really pay attention to it. I did hear yelling over the course of the day, but I didn't pay attention to who it was directed at. We were leaving that night. We're leaving, packing up the car. And this person is just, dab, dab, dab. And I just, in my mind, I just hear a woman yelling, you know. I'm like, she's just nagging some guy to death over there. I mean, but she, she have not stopped yet. And, and as, as it got quieter and we were loading up the car, I was like, that's, that's directed at us. And she was making derogatory comments about my wife and my daughter about. I mean, if I said the things that she said, I mean, she said some. Once I, when I realized this is directed at us, she made comments about black women's bodies. And she was saying, you know, this, that, the other. She said, your mother was a baboon. And I'm like, ah, and now normally, just so you know, now that was a man. Y'all might be y'all might be raising funds at a GoFundMe to get me out, you know. But thank God, you know, thank God it, it was a lady. But I remember I, I, I looked and I was like, I said, that, she talking to us. That's the reason you know. And we were in the car. Thank God, my wife and daughter just laughed like, you know, that's silly. And I remember, you know, now y'all know that I got comebacks like there, and and, and I had them. They were there. They were hilarious too. I and I, I thought I could leave it with something real juicy and then leave and we'd be on our way. And the Lord just said, "No, up until right now, you didn't even know it was directed at you. You haven't even responded. Like, don't give a response. Like, no response. Don't say nothing. Don't say what. Don't say nothing. Just go. 
and that was a victory, right? I didn't give the enemy nothing. I didn't give him two words. I just, you know, I said that. That wow, <laughs> that was directed at us. Are you serious, man? Anyway, so we want to be careful about letting the enemy have something where, man, this is this is a faithful tool to use. And you know where you blow it regularly. And if you find that, man, I blow it with my mouth. You need to make that an issue. You can't go another year of your life saying, you know, I'm still struggling with that. No, you're more than a conqueror. It's not okay. You can't stay broke in the same area over and over. You got a bad temper. You can't have a, you can't have a bad temper again next year. You need to get a victory over your bad temper. If you got a bad attitude, a bad temper, a foul mouth, a, you know, whatever it is, a lustful spirit or what. You need to get a victory because God has afforded you and me everything we need to be victorious. So you don't want to just kind of live with it. Well, you know, I'm not perfect. I'm human. That's the kind of way that people that that don't want to change, that are not open to letting God. That's that's the kind of stuff that they say. I, I hate to hear people say, well, you know, I'm not I'm just human. I'm not perfect. You got stuff, too. And it's like eh, that. Th- those are the those are the common phrases out of the mouths and hearts of people that are saying, I'm going to be this way next year. I'm going to deflect onto you. You're not perfect either. So how does that help you get better? None of us are perfect. That's not, that wasn't in question. You know, the, but are you, are you going to stay broke in the same area? Are you going to say, God, I need help here. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to press into you and seek you for help in this area. I don't want to be like this another year. I don't want the enemy to be able to pull the same trick. I want to get to a point where he does the same trick he used to do to get this response and doesn't get that response anymore because I'm yielded to you in that area like I haven't been before. And I'm telling you guys that it feels so good when you get into a situation, you're like, you know, and some of you guys know what this is like. You get into a situation and you look at what happened. You look at how you respond and you're like, oh man, the old me? Oh boy, I know I'm changed. I'm not who I used to be because if you did that to me when I was in that condition right there, it'd be 10 murder cases and an FBI investigation and everything else, but, but God, right? I'm, I'm not who I used to be. Thank God. And some of us have experienced that in, in places and moments where we say, I'm, I'm not what I used to be by the grace of God. But some of you have experienced that I'm, I'm just the same response, same. Don't be okay with that. Be, be, I, I, and we're going to pray when we're all wrapped this up tonight. Um, Samson is an example of someone that just, he left a door open and Satan, Satan used it. Satan exploited it to destroy him. And if we leave doors open, we have to know that we have an adversary that hates us, hates our God. Hates our potential, hates what, hates what God wants to do through us, and and will do whatever he can to subvert to, to just interrupt that. I, I, I'm pretty sure Satan knew that God was going to use Samson. God was doing something through him. The enemies, the Philistines, those are Satan's guys, and, and and Samson was putting a whooping on them. And I believe that that attack was it was it was Satan was like, but look, he, look at this door he's leaving open. Look at this gap he's leaving open. I got him right there. There's his weakness. I'll take him out right there. He's left. An area of vulnerability that that, you know, I'll get him. I'll take him out right there. You know, some of these star, you know, NFL and NBA players, you know, they they have people that love their success. They have people that hate them. They have people that that want their demise. And some of these guys that have vices, drugs, they've been put in situations where people are there with cameras. And this guy's got a bite. He's going to smoke this when he gets in that room. He's going to snort this if he gets in that area. And we're going to video it and we're going to send it and we're going to ruin his life because we hate him. 
We really hate him. He thinks we're, we're, we're partying with him. If they get us on camera, it means nothing because we're nobody, but we'll get him on camera. And you look at these guys and think, man, with all the success and everything that they have, why would they put themselves in that situation? Because there's a vice in their life where they needed to get a victory, but they don't have a victory and they left a door open and Satan took them. He used, he used it to destroy them, to expose them, to hurt them. And so as believers, we want to we wanna shut every door on the enemy. You've been listening to Pastor Bill Buffington with a transforming word. We know you didn't have to come today to hear from the book of Judges. You could have easily switched channels or moved on with your day, doing other things. But you did choose to tune in, and for that, we're grateful. A transforming word is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood in Los Angeles, California. If you found these messages helpful and encouraging, why not listen to more? You can find these teachings at CalvaryInglewood.org. Just look under the teaching tab. You can also download our mobile app to have these messages with you wherever. Another resource on our website is a daily Bible reading plan that might interest you. You'll also find links to Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. So head over to CalvaryInglewood.org for all the information you need. And if you still haven't found what you're looking for, just call or text us. Our number is 310-245-4811. That's 310-245-4811. As you can see, we have many ways to help you connect with God throughout your week. If you're wondering about a way you could contribute to the ministry here at A Transforming Word, we greatly value your prayers and financial support if you feel led to do so. On CalvaryInglewood.org, you'll find a Give tab that helps you know how to proceed. Thank you for your support. We hope you come back here next time as you quickly notice the effects of a transforming word.